Welcome to the Legacy and Faith Show featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant. The Legacy and Faith Show is about the journey of discovering how to create plans that protect wealth and family values for generations. And now the host of the Legacy and Faith Show, Paul Grant. Along with co-host Mark Holland, another edition of the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant. Hello there, Mr. Grant. Hi, Mark. It's great to be back in the studio. Good to see you once again. I always say, was there was it Lou Grant? Was that a TV uh, character oh, yeah, with yeah. Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, so every right. time I say hello there, Mr. Grant, I always think of uh, you, you. Always think of Lou. Although Lou I probably Grant. don't look a thing like no, him. No, you don't look so. anything like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you don't uh, discuss issues like he does either. You discuss um, family law, family uh, legal issues, and uh, particularly as it regards estate planning. And you have gotten into a discussion of spousal protections, a big subject that we're all very concerned about. Did a couple of shows on that recently. Why don't you recap where we've been on there? You bet. And uh, one of the biggest things I want to bring to the forefront is that uh, oftentimes we don't even think about protecting our spouse. Um, And so there's multiple options depending on a person's situation that we may need to discuss that if someone was to become incapacitated or pass away, what does it mean um, to be able to put a plan in place and make sure that our spouse is fully protected and protected in the best way. Um, Most individuals don't have an estate plan is what we've talked about. So over 50% have no estate plan whatsoever. And this is a problem because what we're doing is we're simply allowing the system to be the system. We are simply allowing uh, whatever happens to happen. Instead of taking a moment to get educated to look at the options, how they apply to your specific situation, and then implementing a plan if one needs to be implemented. So the first thing of what I'm trying to bring to the table and bring to light is that there are multiple options that we can uh, begin, that we can implement in order to protect people. So what does that mean for spouses? Um, typically, we're talking about after-death issues, even though it can be during um, lifetime issues. So one spouse dies, and what does it mean to protect the surviving spouse? Well, I broke it down into three different categories. The first one was um, tax and Medicaid. So we looked at the money issue specifically of does it need to be protected? Does the money need to be protected from estate taxes? So if you have approximately $1.5 million or more, then you are heading towards an estate tax problem in Washington State if you're a married couple. If you have more than $2 million, congratulations, you've been blessed, but it means that you have something to actually look at, meaning you have an estate tax uh, concern. And we need to make sure that the plan is protecting your spouse and your family when the first of you passes away. And the other part of that category then is Medicaid. What happens if we don't have sufficient money? What does it mean if my surviving spouse was to run into a catastrophic health issue, to run out of money? Then what have we done to protect what we do have in, to ensure that the surviving spouse is in a best position for financial ability? So that was the first bucket, and we we rushed through the Medicaid, so I'm thinking we might want to just come back to that and touch on it that's, a little uh, bit. That's a concern for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely yeah. it is. And so then the next buckets that we're going to get to here, what happens if we're in a blended family? So um, statistically, 
There's many Christians who have either lost spouses, been through divorces, have been remarried, and we have a blended family. So we have his and her kids, and sometimes we have his and her kids with our kids. And so um, that is actually one of the most complicated area of estate planning, and it's actually counterintuitive. Mm. So therefore, uh, we really need to sit down and have a strong estate plan if you are a blended family. That could also, this bucket could also include what happens if I were to pass away and my wife was to get remarried. What happens if my wife was in a car accident or had creditor issues? So there's protections that we can uh, implement to make sure that someone is protected, that the money is safely guarded. And then the last part is, well, what happens if the surviving spouse just really is not the one who ever care took of the money. They they were never the one who had the experience in paying the bills, investing, and we lose the 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 one who was actually managing the money. Then how can we set up a plan to ensure that the one who doesn't have the experience and the know-how and the relationships, how do we make sure that they're well protected? So those are the three different buckets that we looked at. We spent a majority of the past couple of weeks looking at the tax bucket and kind of some general ideas. We touched on Medicaid. So uh, like I said, maybe we come back to that topic a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Medicaid, this is uh, the, the uh, kind of stereotypical thing is uh, you have to give everything. You have to completely, well, it's not a stereotype. It's true. You have to have, it exhaust, is true. You have, to have exhausted all of your resources before you can get Medicaid. Yes. And uh, within some exceptions, what are some of those exceptions? So um, if someone needs to um, utilize Medicaid, in other words, the state system, because they have no no finances. Medicaid is the process to where we look towards a state entity or, or the federal government to say, I'm out of resources, so I need assistance from you. I need you to step in. So you're correct that, that um, an individual has to have $2,000 or less of finances. Now, um, a home can be exempt. A vehicle can be exempt. So there's a few exemptions, personal property. So if you had stuff in your home, that would be exempt. I've from always the heard that the home is not exempt. Well, it, it is exempt for the calculation. But what will happen is that they will put a lien on the home, mm. and it's called Medicaid recapture. I see. And so if I needed assistance, they're not going to kick me out of my home and make me sell the home in order to capture the value of the home. Rather, they'll assist me, but then the government tracks exactly what they have spent on your care, and they will lean the home so that when you pass away, now um, when the home is sold, they will have a position on the home so that they can automatically be reimbursed up to the amount of the full value of the home. So if you had a mortgage, then that would be what we call first position. The mortgage would be paid off first. But then if you have equity beyond that, um, Washington State would then put a lien on the home and they would be in second position in that scenario. Or if you have no uh, mortgage, they would be the first position in order to take whatever they've spent. So if you've needed assistance and you have a home and let's say that assistance was for two years and that assistance costs Washington State, $200,000, an average of $100,000 per year to make sure that you have a place to live and that you had some medical issues. And Washington State stepped in and said, you have no cash, which, by the way, means that you have cashed out all of your IRAs, 
and have paid the taxes on them. So IRAs are excluded. You must use it all. You must cash it out and pay the taxes. Um, life insurance, cash values must be utilized. All of your investments. So literally everything that you own has to be $2,000 or less of cash availability. So in that scenario, Washington State will step in and help you. The example was they spent $200,000. There will be a lien on your home that when you pass away and the home is sold, that then the home has to be, re, um, the cash has to be paid back to Washington. And I've been in those estates. I've helped mm-hmm. close those estates. And, um, and so, yes, we can do a little bit of negotiation with the state, but, um, but they want, and rightfully so, they, their opinion is we stepped in to assist you. So therefore we didn't make you sell the home. Therefore we want to be reimbursed. So the home doesn't count as far as an asset to be utilized in the $2,000, uh, determining whether you have $2,000 or less. Okay. It's afterwards. And but now you said there is a way to protect that home. Yeah, so if we are married, um and this does not apply to someone who is single, okay? It applies for married couples. Um well, let me back up first. There's a couple options that we all have whether we're married or single. So let me address those first. Number 1 is that you do a really good job while you're working to put money away. Um the average person if they have a million dollars or more of liquid assets, then for the most part, it's very difficult to come up with a mathematical equation that you are going to run out of money during your lifetime. Um, there could be some memory issues that last for a much longer time if you need memory care. And so those would be some of the exceptions that you need a long-term memory care to where that may not even be enough. But so saving money and putting things aside. But if you haven't done that, then there's another option, and that's called insurance. And so there's different types of insurances available. There's types where you can put money down immediately and have an immediate availability uh, to where you just write one check. There's kind of a traditional long-term care where you pay monthly. Uh, there's hybrids to where if you pay monthly, but then you never used the long-term care insurance, that there's a back-end life insurance value. So you get the life insurance proceeds. So it's not wasted money, quote unquote, that you just paid and paid and paid but never realized anything out of. So there's multiple options of how to insure yourself against a Medicaid situation. So in other words, there's insurance backing you up so that if you had to go to get care, that you could then lean upon that insurance. But for most individuals that don't have the luxury of being able to A, save the money during their lifetime and their working years, or B, don't have the luxury to either financially afford the amount that it takes to cover yourself with a long-term care, or you could be disqualified because you have health incidences. In other words, you can't qualify um, for the underlying health exam. Uh, and so that may disqualify you. Then most options have ran out in the common marketplace. Mm. Uh, there's very little that, that people can do until you get to estate planning. So when you get to estate planning, there are things that we can do when you're married. So again, now I take the diversion to where these options for what we can do are typically only for married couples. And Mm. the reason that that is, is because when someone passes away, in essence, what we're doing is we are 
um, creating an estate plan that allows the first decedent, okay, so in the storyline, I always have the man die first. So that means in my marriage, if I die, then my estate plan would be prepared to protect my spouse. Mm. And that's where we come down to this whole discussion of spousal protections, which is um, my plan could be created in such a way that it says, okay, start a specific type of trust when I die so that my spouse can utilize that if indeed they need long-term, if, if they need long-term assistance and Washington State, in essence, would not count it, count that money towards the $2,000 uh, value that, that they need. So in other words, this is a specific trust that that is started when I die that is intended for Medicaid purposes to protect my spouse. Now, there are a few things that we have to discuss after break because we're up, coming up against a break. We need to discuss what does it mean for this type of a trust to work because you can't have your cake and eat it too in this scenario. So therefore, I mean, you, you, I know you want cake, you want the, the, the cream in the middle, you want really nice frosting, and some people even want whipped cream and, and they want ice cream on the side. You can't have it all. So we got to make our, our choice of what is most important when protecting somebody. But I just want listeners to understand we can create a specific type of trust that will protect your spouse against Medicaid um, recapture and against hmm. Medicaid countability if it is properly designed. Okay, very intriguing. We want to know more. If people need help with their estate planning or tax issues, how do they get in touch with you, Paul? Yeah, head over to our website. It is legacyandfaith.com. There's upcoming um, educational sessions in July that are that you can register for. Um, and so there's ways that you can ask questions. So head over to LegacyInFaith.com, click on the register button. There will be um, guides right there on the website, LegacyInFaith.com. Okay, back with more of the Legacy and Faith show, looking at spousal protections this week, uh, coming back in just a few moments. Hi, this is Paul Grant with the Legacy and Faith show. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God's people need to be fully prepared in managing their finances and ensuring that their wealth is properly transferred. It is our passion to bring this knowledge to the body of Christ. If your church would benefit from having a financial and estate session that is biblically based, then I encourage you to reach out to us so that we can help design and implement a specific and strategic session for your church. Or if you are interested in estate planning services, then I likewise encourage you to reach out to us. You can go to LegacyInFaith.com and receive all the information you need. Again, go to LegacyInFaith.com. Many families realize that with the passing of each generation, their family legacy is disappearing and they're feeling regret. To alleviate this heartache, memories worth telling writes their family story, and creates a beautiful heirloom book to preserve their unique history. Go to MemoriesWorthTelling.com to schedule your initial consultation and learn how they can capture your legacy. Once again, that's MemoriesWorthTelling.com. 
Com. This is Paul Graham from the Legacy and Faith Show, and I want to let you know that we have a new educational seminar, The Truth About Estate Planning with a Biblical Perspective, coming up on July 22nd at 6 p.m. So head over to our website, LegacyandFaith.com, to sign up for that educational interactive session, July 22nd at 6 p.m. We now return to the Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Graham and continue today's practical discussion to apply biblical principles for kingdom purposes. Along with co-host Mark Holland, Legacy and Faith Show this week, looking at spousal protections, how to protect your spouse if you should perhaps pass away first, and got into that scenario a little bit, and how to protect the spouse as it applies to Medicaid. That's right, and I mentioned that we're having an upcoming uh, educational session that is it's going to be online. Um, as things unfold, we'll see if we're comfortable in having people in the office or not to have a live event simultaneously. We may run it um, both live and online, but we'll see where everything is. Um, okay. We we want to be wise in in uh, having a group events. So it'll absolutely be online. So head over to LegacyAndFaith.com, and that's going to be on July 22nd at 6 p.m. So there will be a webinar, an educational webinar, and we will cover some of this topic. And we'll also cover estate planning in general, wills, trusts, and how to protect your family and things of this nature. So it'll be a full educational session. I wanted to get that specific date out. So um, so here's the deal. I, I mentioned as we were heading into break that we can per- create a specific type of trust when it is planned and when we have a couple and both of them are alive, Okay. So this is for married couples only. We cannot do this if you are single. There are emergency Medicaid planning that we can do for an individual. So, uh, But if you are married, there's another option, which is we can create in your estate plan a specific Medicaid trust that when the first person passes away, their portion of the estate goes into this Medicaid trust. Now, here are a couple of the rules. Number one, the surviving spouse cannot manage or control or touch this money. Okay? Mm. So like I said, you can't have your cake and ice cream and spoons and forks and everything else. We cannot share this. We need to have a um, a specific individual that we trust, uh, meaning the family trusts, to watch over and manage the finances and make the determination of whether or not the surviving spouse qualifies for public assistance. When they do, then the money is limited on how that can be used. It's called a supplemental estate plan. So we can supplement the surviving spouse's lifestyle, but we cannot augment or completely take over. So in other words, when we want to utilize the government system, then they will provide long-term care. That's usually what we're trying to protect against is we're trying to protect against a long-standing illness to where it runs down all of our finances and someone needs to be cared for in a different facility, in a long-term care facility. There are there are places where Washington State says, you can go here, here, and here, and we will pay for that. So that means the trust supplements what the government is doing it cannot usurp or, um, in other words, do something that the government can do. So it cannot provide um, the housing conditions. Otherwise, it would violate the terms and Washington State would say, sorry, we're out because you have other money that you can use. So it's a very limited and restricted trust 
But what it does is it protects the money for two things, to supplement the spouse, and B, it is a high value of many people that something is given to their family. Even when we don't have very much, it's a very high value still of many individuals that says, I want to give something to the kids. Well, this is a way to do it. We can preserve these finances as a supplement to the surviving spouse, and if it's not used, then there is something that can go to the kids. So the government won't have a, won't be able to put a lien on this type of a trust like they could on the house, like we were talking before. Well, and, and we would say normally that the most valuable thing that they want to maybe pass on to their family is the house. Maybe they have a house that's yeah. made for. Yeah. And, there's, and that's really the only thing they have. Correct. And there are ways that we can in advance. So if you are not in a health predicament, then there are ways that we can start a specific housing trust. In other words, we can gift that over to the kids in a specific type of trust. It can't be used for you again. And so, again, these are specific gifts. And I don't like to do this because most people want to utilize their finances. You've built finances to take care of you. And most people are of the mindset Take care of us first, and if there is something left over, then we want it to go to the kids. It's rarely I want to make sure that something goes to the kids, and then my my needs are secondary. So I don't like to do housing trusts, uh, residential, primary residential house trusts. There's multiple names that uh, different attorneys use. But in essence, it's gifting the house over and it starts the five-year clock on Medicaid rules for that specific one. So I don't like it because it's a permanent, absolute gift and it doesn't do what I just explained in, in the um, in the Medicaid supplemental trust. We can never use it again because you're taking your own possession and securing it and versus if we do it when couples are alive it changes the dynamic to where i can allow my spouse to use the money because i've passed away mm. it's a very um specific rule that we can follow but i just want people to understand there's better options out there if you need help there's better options to protect your spouse. But again, if we never have the conversation and we just do what we're going to do, then most people are just going to leave whatever they have to the spouse. And if they're in a Medicaid or rundown situation to where their health has been compromised, their finances are going to be run down and they're going to have nothing as a safety net. And so my proposition is we can build a little bit of a safety net for the spouse. Okay, well, how do you build a little bit of that safety? Well, and, and that is by doing good planning. Okay. That is by um, by having a specific estate plan that is designed to create this safety net. So you can't do it during your lifetime other than saving your own money and insurances. But we can do it through estate planning. So there's another option. But if you don't do any estate planning, if you don't contact an attorney who has these tools then you can't get the proper help. So um, so find an attorney that you trust. It doesn't have to be me. I'm, I'm telling this as an educational discussion point. Um, I want people to go to people that they trust. I want individuals, I want listeners to go and have the conversation with somebody who can lead them to the right conclusion for themselves. And so that's fine if it's not me. Then get to the right person that you trust, please. It's worthy of the conversation. What can we do to protect each other um, if one of us dies? And there's options out there with good estate planning. So that's kind of the 
kind of wraps up the Medicaid discussion point, I think, um, okay. from what I have. Well, then let's uh, launch into for the last couple of minutes of the show this week, if you want to kind of tease us for what's going to happen next time. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to talk more about uh, blended family issues. And uh, what about that second spouse? Uh, protecting spouses, there's a second spouse. That yeah, that's off. right. Yeah, that, yeah. so what if I were to die and my wife gets remarried? And, of course, women say almost every single wife has told me that they will never get remarried in when I'm talking to them. But statistically, that is not true. Women, you actually do get remarried also. I know. It takes a long time to determine whether you want to babysit and retrain somebody. But, um, but you do get remarried. And so... Men tend to get remarried more quickly. And so in the next couple shows, what we're going to talk about then are what happens in blended families. How do we protect the spouse um, to make sure that they're well taken care of, but simultaneously make sure that that uh, surviving spouse doesn't make an, make a mistake and um, and undo the plan or the intent that we had which is make sure to leave something to my kids and your kids. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen stories. And you know what, listeners? I'm sure that you have seen and heard the stories too, to where someone gets remarried and the new spouse takes everything. And the kids end up seeing nothing that their parents um, built over a lifetime. So there are ways that we can protect each spouse's desire in the marriage to make sure that the family is well taken care of. And so we need to have the discussion of what does it mean to protect, whether you are a blended family now or whether um, it's someone passes away and eventually gets remarried, that the new spouse does is not the sole heir and we cut out all the kids. Mm. I've got some interesting questions for you on that on next our next show. Okay, very uh, good. I'll, then I'll be excited for personal them. stories to uh, share in there. If people are intrigued by all of this, they want more help. They want more planning. Uh, how do they get in touch with you, Paul? Head over to our website, legacyandfaith.com. There's upcoming seminars. Um, there's opportunities for past podcasts. Uh, so uh, ways to communicate with us. So head over to legacyandfaith.com. Okay, another great edition of the Legacy and Faith Show with the state and tax attorney Paul Grant on KCIS. Thank you for joining us for the Legacy and Faith Show. You can find more information about the show and Paul Grant at LegacyandFaith.com. Join us next week at the same time as we learn to build God's kingdom and continue our journey on how to protect wealth and family values for generations. All discussions on the Legacy and Faith Show are intended to be about general legal issues. If a situation applies to you, then we encourage you to seek specific legal advice. Please do not rely upon any discussions from this program in place of having a personal relationship with your attorney. Any listener question that may have been answered also does not constitute legal advice and does not establish a client-attorney relationship.